now listening to the Boobies Podcast. And here are your hosts, Quentin Quo, Tim Dimmick, and Jackson Rubin. Not a good mix. Oh God! Yo, <laughs> oh, what is that? What is that? Oh, it's a uh, it's kind of a mealy apple mixed mm. with uh, buttered popcorn. Ugh. not a good mix, guys. <laughs> not not fun. Oh, that doesn't yeah. sound good. Mm. Mm. Well, I have sli- something slightly more appetizing: an apple, of course, <laughs> and I added a little peanut butter mm. um, for taste. And uh, keeping it vegetarian. So uh, got some some delicious milk, mm. warm room temperature milk. Delicious. <laughs> you disgust me. <laughs> White foods. Um, yeah. I've just got some leftover QQs with a fried Ooh, egg a, on what's top. A, what's a QQ? QQ is uh, the T- Tim. We talked about this. It's the Chinese. Bu- <laughs> it's the Chinese buffet here in Madison. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tim, yeah. have you not heard our last episode on? Uh, which episode did we talk about that on? Um, um, I believe it was My Dinner with Andre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess Tim hasn't listened to that episode. Yeah. Jeez, Tim. <laughs> episode? Uh. Episode what? <laughs> what? Huh? What episode? Is it a podcast? <laughs> podcast what? To a podcast? <laughs> we, we host a podcast huh? about food movies? Mm. Oh, yeah. I guess that's what we're doing here. Yeah, we do. Yep. Hey, that's everybody. Thanks for tuning iTunes. in. Mm-hmm. Hey guys. Mm. Mm. I'm trying to crunch directly into the microphone. Mm. I was trying to pull that, um, like Iron Chef uh, America, I believe it is. Oh yeah. Where he like takes a bite out of the apple mm-hmm. and then he takes a bite out of the bell pepper. Yeah. <laughs> but instead, I did that with the apple and popcorn, and that's not a good mix. Real switcheroo. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So let's get into it, guys. Yeah. What the hell did we watch? Mm. Well, we watched we watched Troll Two. Mm. Mm-hmm. The self-proclaimed yes, best worst movie, which um, I am sort of inclined to agree with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, um, I think this was like my fourth or fifth time watching this movie mm. just in my in my short life. Nice. <laughs> in um, your, you're two but, years old. <laughs> Um. <laughs> I'm a little baby, um, um. Uh, but yeah, this I, I noticed like a few different things. Um, you know, they say that you they you see something different every on every rewatch. Not really, but <laughs> yeah. it's been a few years. I think uh, last time I watched it, I was like still in high school. Oh, nice. Uh, so it's a good it's, it's a uh, good reminder. Mm-hmm. Last time I, I watched so- this. <laughs> Uh, last time I watched was actually at one of your uh, mad screenings, Jackson. Oh, yeah. Last year. Last year. Uh, in in replace, mm-hmm. in in place of the other best worst movie, The Room, um, which oh. I think is generally regarded as on the same level as Troll Two. However, Troll Two kind Ooh. of was the first movie, at, at least for me, that I know of, that like 
it's kind of the beginning of the midnight bad movie screenings. Um, Agreed. Yeah. Where, like, people would show shitty sci-fi movies and stuff at midnight before, but, like, this this has a cult following that is really special. Um, this is actually my only my second time seeing it. Um, I watched it for the first time last summer. Um, but it is a ton of fun, and I and I love it a whole bunch. I, I like it quite a bit. Yeah, uh, Quentin, we, we first watched it, uh, right, uh, in middle school. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, before Jackson hopped on the call, uh, Tim and I were reminiscing about the first time we watched it. And if I had to guess, I'd probably say it was 2007. Um, Damn. I remember Hulu, <laughs> like early, early, like Hulu had it under movies. Well, 2007, that, that would be like uh, end of elementary school for us. Oh, I okay. think. oh my Maybe goodness. Maybe then like 2009, 2009. Okay, yeah. No, we were definitely in Marshall um, during the time, but... Early Hulu, I remember we watched it for free, and I hooked it up to my um, like crappy Dell laptop that had an <laughs> HDMI port. Yeah, and I, I think the like I first caught whiff of this when I saw like uh, that infamous scene where uh, glasses Lester or whatever his name, and he's like they're eating her. No, they're gonna eat me. Oh my god! Um, I think it was just like that isolated clip on YouTube, and then I had to find out what what that was from mm-hmm. uh and yeah i think this might, may have been like the start of me watching bad movies for pleasure like i i don't know if i was really doing that before this movie yeah, um, uh, <laughs> yeah i was uh how, how did you hear about this movie jackson i was introduced by my roommate will um who i have also known since middle school um and uh he i, I just remember hearing about it before I ever saw it, like many years before I ever saw it, just because it was like just him describing how crazy it was. He's also who introduced me to Room, or The Room, rather. Um, Room, st- not not the one starring um, uh, shit. Brie Larson. Yeah, Brie Larson. Also a fantastic movie. But, um, yeah, mm-hmm. so this, this was kind of put in the same place in my mind for me and I didn't actually see it until last year though because our friend Alongo had a copy and um we we got together and uh, and watched it and it was it was it was a ton of fun um so yeah don't have as long of a history with it as you guys but I think I have a similar appreciation mm-hmm. this movie has been yeah. haunting me like the specter of grandpa Seth <laughs> 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 oh god uh, I also want to quickly throw a like a pitch I guess or uh, give props to uh, Birdemic Shock and Terror mm-hmm. oh yeah which is also um, like up there on the pantheon of the uh, worst movies of all time that are really fun to watch yes and mm-hmm. also a food movie so uh, who knows what, what might happen in the future um, I will also yeah. say Fateful Findings by the auteur Neil I've yet to see that Neil Breen um, it is beautiful i saw it <laughs> twice in one week the first time that i saw it and um yeah i've uh i've kind of been obsessed it's incredible mm. Mm. so let's get into the plot <laughs> <laughs> yeah tim do you want to go ahead yeah uh so um sorry <laughs> finishing my mouthful um, yeah, so 
Man, it starts right out. <laughs> the the movie opens on a woodland a woodsman. It looks like Robin Hood running through the forest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, there's no like beating around the bush. Immediately, Hey-o. you see the goblins, um, and these are not trolls. They're goblins. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we should mention that this movie was called Troll Two because a movie called Troll was released, and they thought it'd be easier to market a movie about goblins if they pretended it was a direct sequel to the first movie. Um, so these goblins that are like, like if Ewoks were like kind of melty, uh, <laughs> running after this dude. And there's like this weird, uh, narration from some old dude. It turns out it's, uh, <laughs> quite like, uh, princess bride. Uh, it's a like, grandfather narrating a story to his grandson. Um, yep. and he, I like how he describes these evil goblins who are trying to eat this poor woods, woodland man as spiteful and impudent. <laughs> like, oh man, they're, they're the worst if they're spiteful and impudent. Grandpa said <laughs> is by far the best actor in this film. Um, that and the general store owner. <laughs> yeah. like, There's a bit of a yeah. history behind Mm-hmm. That guy. If you check out the documentary of the making yeah, of, which, we'll uh, tell the story Jackson when we I, get to that. Yeah, we'll get into it later. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. please, Tim, continue. Oh yeah, and I w- just want to mention the music during this scene that uh, that's playing over like the the man running away from the goblins. It to me, it sounded like an '80s cop show theme song. Yeah, because it, it is not <laughs> scary. It's just kind of high energy, good, good times, it's- catching crooks and. Save the girl. It is also, I felt like, sort of similar to the Halloween theme. Like, uh, there was like a kind of... Um, a little bit in there. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. it is... The music in this movie is a special kind of stupid. Um, because it it switches from 80s synth to banjo several points uh, at several points. It's, it's really amazing. Oh my goodness. Um, and then, so it's, it's revealed that, uh, oh, there's, um, so the woodsman, he trips, he falls down, and then we're introduced to the mechanic of goblins, uh, shape-shifting into humans, Mm -hmm. and, uh, the goblin's supposedly a really hot girl with just too many freckles that have been drawn, like, (laughs) visibly drawn on her face, Mm -hmm. um, feeds him some, like, goop that apparently tastes really good uh, it's like the whole he didn't even look at it it was so good he just guzzled it down his gullet um but it guys this is horror uh, so these these are vegetarian <laughs> goblins yeah but they they still want to eat people mm-hmm. I, I don't know why they just don't eat a salad but they want to eat people because yeah, i guess they taste better they're uh but <laughs> the- they can't eat them because they're meat it's weird. So what do they do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so they feed them uh, this weird green goop um, that is prevalent through the entire film that is on top of all this food, and it's, like, it's really gross. But it does just look like like vanilla pudding that they put green food, food coloring in. Um, mm-hmm. It's really gross. Mm. Yeah, and um, uh, I pulled up a, a Mental Floss article, uh, shouts to them, uh, and... The reason why these goblins are vegetarians is because the writer, uh, if you, if I could use that word, that might be a little strong, but 
the writer was pissed off that a bunch of their friends were vegetarians mm-hmm. and thought it was like a dumb fad. <laughs> so, made, so they made the goblins vegetarians to 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 take a sh- to take vegetarianism down a peg, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yep. But yeah, so the the he he eats the plant goop and he turns into like more plant goop and then the goblins eat him. And then uh, this little boy, um, Josh, Joshua, is Joshua. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, oh, Grandpa, I'm scared, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, there's like a close-up of, they try to be very artsy at times, I feel. Like, <laughs> Grandpa, like, his face, like, comes from, like, frame left into the picture. So- and then his, his audio kind of dips out at that point. It's like, well, Joshua, I have to say that. <laughs> yeah, it's this yeah. film. This film, although like, so in the category of good bad movies, typically what you see a lot of the time with like Fateful Findings and The Room, um, and Birdemic, are movies that people tried to make and are extremely incompetent, and they can't like these movies look horrible and are are like actually bad to watch because they're made badly. This movie. In many ways, like despite the shitty dialogue and writing, is mm-hmm. like actually well made, and they were trying to make something good, which I think is why it is on such a higher tier than the other ones, um, because there's this sort of genuine idea that they wanted to make it, like they wanted to make it a real thing, and it was a passion, or not maybe not necessarily a passion, but like there's a genuineness to it, uh, which I think is uh, really special. Yeah, and you, like, really... you could tell they're trying, and then it's just kind of they fall short uh, yeah. in certain respects. <laughs> like, uh... <laughs> yeah, uh, one one example that like really annoyed me for this movie is um, like going back to the like reference to Princess Bride. Um, the kid in that movie, he's very obviously from Chicago because of all of the sports memorabilia. He's got Cub stuff. Uh, he's got like Bulls stuff. He's got Bears stuff. Uh, if I haven't already said that. But um, in this movie, this kid has, like, just a, like, hot mess of, like, all these different sports teams that aren't very, like, related to one another or even geographically close. Mm -hmm. Like, he has a Mets pennant. He has a Reds pennant. He has a Utah Jazz, 49ers, Detroit Pistons, Cubs, A's. Just, these are all different teams and different sports, and they're just, like, littered all through his, like, uh, his room. Hey, man, I'm just a fan of the sport. Is what that guy would say. Yeah, yeah I didn't even notice that. Oh my goodness. That's something that's always bugged um, me. <laughs> but then there's another reveal that it turns out um, the grandpa is a g- ghost grandpa. Uh, <laughs> and uh, like the mom comes in, Joshua, are you sleeping? It's like, oh. No, Grandpa was telling me a story. And then he, like, you know, did that thing where he slaps his hand over his mouth to make himself stop talking. And like, are you, are you having dreams about Grandpa again? Like, no, Mom, he's real. Like, he remember what the chair. doctor said? Yeah. And the chair is still rocking yeah. back and forth <laughs> as if somebody... Uh, and, like, remember what the doctor said? Like, he's just a, a figment of my imagination. But, yeah, I was like, holy shit, this kid has a shining? Uh, yeah, basically. He's talking to... Talking to ghosts. Um, and then uh, the mom goes in to check on the big sister who is, you know, like working out in her room, uh, listening to loud music. And uh, God, it's incredible. 
wearing like a this really what, what when did this come out 80s 90s 90 because like her, 90s all right her, her leotard was very reminiscent of um that one john travolta um you know workout movie with uh jamie lee curtis where they're like having mm. it's, it's like pilates but sex you know what i'm talking about i have no idea what the yeah. fuck you're talking about tim <laughs> I heard that on an episode of uh, How Did This Get Made? Yeah, it's a How Does This Get uh, Made episode. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it, it's like Pilates, but very sexual. Yeah, it's um, it's very it's very late eighties, which I think it, this movie was made in the late eighties, so that makes sense. So. Um, yeah, amongst uh, some of the many problems of this movie, uh, I believe it was made in like the late eighties, and then was just kind of floating around until it was like finally released on home video in the nineties. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the the film that you're thinking of is the 1985 film Perfect. Thank uh, you. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, man, there's a lot of exposition in this dialogue. Um, she so goes down. To, the mother goes down to the husband, like Josh has been having dreams about Grandpa, you know, and it's hard for me, his daughter. <laughs> um, there's so much and, of that uh, in this movie, but of just like explaining. Uh, and when Grandpa Seth is talking to Joshua, he's he says, "Your Grandpa Seth," and it's like, do, do we really need you to say that? But uh, it it re- it is revealed if you watch the movie or read anything about this movie that it was written by an Italian person who doesn't speak English. Um, so that's part of the reason why it doesn't make any sense. That explains a lot. And yeah. then I heard uh, the, the the actors were trying to offer notes on the lines, like, you know, people don't talk like this. Yeah. And the director kept saying, like, just do it how it's written. Mm-hmm. He he thought they were having a go at him or something. I know how American teens talk. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. It's the, the, a weird thing I noticed about, like, the daughter working out. Like, there are two close-ups of her, just, like, her neck that was just, like, drenched. So in, sweaty. Like, sweaty. It, it looked like they just, like, emptied a water bottle. Yeah. on her and thought it was important enough to zoom in on it twice <laughs> her just sweaty ass neck um <laughs> and then um, uh the, describing the father how I'm feeling right now in my room right now in brazil it's so fucking hot oh god <laughs> <laughs> drink some milk it'll cool you down yeah, uh, <laughs> no. take a take a, a jog around the countryside and chug chug milk um and uh Guys, this movie is like it's just dense with stuff I want to talk about. I'll try to speed stuff up. Uh, but the father, through like clunky, clunky exposition on the phone to some random dude, is like, "Yes, we are going to the country. We are doing a like a house swap with a family from the countryside, and they all live here while we live there." And then, um, so that's that's their plan to get away for a little bit. And uh, like, we'll be peasants and farmers, says the father. Uh, and um, then. Uh, then, like, uh, the girlfriend's, uh, I mean, the, the boyfriend of, of the daughter, like, climbs into her bedroom, uh, and his, his friends are there, uh, like, watching them? Like, they, they wanted to tag along while he hooked up with his girlfriend? Oh, God, it's so They're weird. They're offering moral support. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're, they're offering moral support. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the, the daughter just has, like, she, like, uh, not the best line reading, um, and the line she was given was like, I'm going to, I'm going to snip your little nuts off. And, and he's like, what, you're trying to make, make me gay or a homo. And then 
she's like, I'm not into group sex. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so in the documentary, she mentions how she did not feel comfortable doing that like scene. And going back I didn't to the, feel comfortable like, oh, watching it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can offer like a more PG way of like expressing the scene. And the director was just, no, you got to do it this way. Yeah, it, it so. seems like uh, this movie wasn't trying to be like, it was, it was a, like a little bit gory, like not super intense or even super scary. But then there's like little moments where like I feel like the director's just trying to insert like this unnecessary edginess uh, that just totally like <laughs> seems like everybody's uncomfortable with it, all the actors. Um, and so anyway, they, uh, <laughs> they, hit the, um, they hit the road. And, uh, or before the, the, the um, boyfriend asks if his boys can tag along, like, can my boys come to Nilbog <laughs> with your family? Nilbog is the town, <laughs> is the town they're going to. And, uh, spoiler alert, it's goblin spelled backwards. Um, so they finally hit the road and then, uh, Joshua has like, a, the worst nightmares. I couldn't tell if this was like his nightmares or like PTSD or like the grandpa <laughs> was like trying to, like, sh- shining, like, com- communicate to him through his dreams. Uh, oh, shit. But, yeah, he has, like, just terrible, terrible... He needs to... They're going to the countryside, and they're just totally neglecting their son, who has serious issues over the death of his grandfather. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he well, sees, he's in therapy, but... Oh, he is in therapy, yes. Um, but then he sees his grandpa on the side of the road, and he, he's like, stop the car! And they're like, are you going to be sick? And he's like, yes! So he runs up to the, his grandpa, like, Grandpa Seth, what are you doing here? It's like, you have to stop your family from going to Nilbog. It's, it's going to be dangerous. Uh, but then it turns out that, like, you know, Josh looks away for one second, he looks back, and then it was like some random hobo uh, in place of where his grandpa was standing. So I was wondering if the grandpa possessed the hobo, for a second, or like, if it was all, all in Josh's head, where, like, he, so so presumably there's a just a regular hobo, and this little boy runs out of a car and runs up to him and starts calling him Grandpa, <laughs> and is having God. like, like is and they're like not having the same conversation at all. I want to know what the hobo was saying. Uh, <laughs> so you're gonna give me a ride or what? Uh, I'm inclined to believe that uh, Grandpa Seth has learned, we'll, we'll mention it later, um, he's learned, a, a, like, some uh, demon, demonic possession, like, kind of techniques in order mm-hmm. to uh, take the body of the hobo, because he does mention later on in the film that he learned a thing or two from a guy who was once in hell. Holy shit. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. That is demonic possession. Yep, there you go. And, and I think we'll find, as we go along, that Grandpa Seth is a lot more sinister than a first appears. Um, at least I think so. Uh, but we'll get into that later. And, um, just a little thing I wanted to point out, like the way Josh says, dad, like he says that several times throughout the movie. (laughs) It's like, can we go home? I don't like it here. When they finally get to the town. Um, and like they, they meet the family who's very wooden. They're, uh, I forget the pleasants. Um, and they're like, Okay, here's our house. We're going to go to your house now. Okay, bye. <laughs> and I just liked how the dad was trying to talk to them. Like, oh, we have very uh, modern amenities. A microwave. Like, a we, shower. We got video. 
a video, <laughs> and he's just like saying these names of household appliances as everybody's ignoring him and driving away. Um, Betamax. Like, oh, they're not very talkative. But then, real to uh, real. <laughs> so then they go inside the the farmhouse, which it's it's not a farm, is it? No, that's. I don't see any. It, it it's, it's like a probably like a ranch farm. It, they're, yeah. they're in um so they're in undisclosed uh mountain ish area um mm-hmm. which is utah uh actual location is utah so it's probably a ranch um probably have some cattle mm-hmm. or something and the town we should mention has um as the dad was describing on the phone through the exposition 26 people that live in Nilbog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wow. So okay. Small I missed farming community. But I did. I noticed when they said it's a lovely half-empty town. I, yes, I've, I've never, never heard that combination of words to describe a town. <laughs> but um, they go inside, and what do they find? An assortment of delicious, delicious food uh, left for them. By the spoiler alert, they're they're goblins. They, the goblins left them food. And guys, like, let's talk about this food. <laughs> oh yeah. So the, the goblins are vegetarians, but all of these look like pastries and stuff. Like, why why wasn't like salads or maybe they were like harder to keep on set? Like they didn't have refrigeration for like actual leafy vegetables. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so like they just have like these cakes and shit. Uh, that by the way they don't look they actually don't look that appetizing. Like the icing is very sloppy. Not at I, all. I marked it down points. Um, it is like like glooped it on there, um, and then uh, like the little boy suspects that the food is bad for them because of the story earlier from his grandpa, and then <laughs> Grandpa Seth appears at the window. I don't know why he just doesn't appear inside the house because he's again he's a ghost, so I don't think he's bounded by the laws of physics of the of the living world. But anyway, <laughs> um, he's like, uh, you have thirty seconds to stop them from eating the food. And by the way, they started preparing and sitting down like five minutes ago. Yeah. And they're still like jostling about and like handing each other food and like haven't gotten to the eating part mm-hmm. of the food yet. <laughs> um, and then so Grandpa stops time. Uh, <laughs> that's his, he has the power to... S- it gives Josh and, and, 30 seconds to piss on the food. Well, yeah. Yeah. So uh, apparently... Um, in the scene, like the uh, the Josh, like um, initially it was written that he would make a different di- type of diversion, like he would knock stuff over or something. Or, um, but then the director said to the little boy, uh, uh, "Okay, on this take, why don't you just hop on the table and piss on the food?" And the little boy is like, "What? <laughs> Excuse me? Because <laughs> what? What is he like? Eight, nine? <laughs> yeah, pretty much." Um, yeah, but he, he's like, I have to do this. I have to do something like that. I have to do this. So, yeah, the, he pisses on all of the food, and he, like, walks around his family. Like, they each have the food, like, almost in their mouth. I don't know why he just doesn't slap the food out of their mouths yep. and, like, just throw everything on the floor. Oh, that my God. Die. I just realized that he probably pissed on his sister. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if they had the food right there next oh, to their face and he tried to hit all the food, like, Yeah. He he like pissed that. he pissed on his family. <laughs> oh my god. Um 
So and I'm, then I made uh, note of all the foods that was at the at the thing. So there were green frosting on these like buns that looked very dry. There were some like uh, <laughs> cake, um, like sheet cake with green frosting. There was corn on the cob with green frosting that mm-hmm. appeared to be or um, it could also be like that uh, that Heinz Shrek ketchup. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and there was, like, red and green Kool-Aid. But, yeah, that was the feast that he pissed on. And then his father is is very, very uh, um, mad and perturbed about this. And he has one of the best lines in the film. Uh, (laughs) See those books? uh, (laughs) See that? That's hospitality. And you can't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it. I loved his delivery. So uh, he's got this like vague the, the, like, like southern his, his, accent that he's trying to like uh, mm-hmm. not like uh, show off, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the, the the actor himself I read was like he's an actual dentist from Florida, um, Alabama, who like walked in and was like immediately cast, mm-hmm. um, and he's like a still practicing dentist today in Florida, yep. um, Alabama. Uh, is it Alabama? I'm yep. sorry, mm-hmm. uh, but. All right, so he starts like jiggling his belt buckle. At first, my when I first watched this, I thought the father was gonna intern oh, no. pee on the son <laughs> to to punish him for being on on the food. Good lord! Uh, but then they're trying to like make a joke, kind of. They like I guess the expectation he's gonna take his belt off and hit the boy. But then he's like, what are you going to do, Dad? It's like, I'm tightening my belts one loop so I don't feel hunger pains, and you should do likewise. And uh, But I just thought that was a, a weird little bit that was yep. included in there. Yep. Um, so meanwhile, uh, uh, the boyfriend uh, and his boys uh, are in a Winnebago. That they're trying to go uh, meet up with uh, the, the, the Waits family, as they're called, uh, at the farmhouse. Uh, but what were they like? Uh, broken down on the side of the road, or just like hanging out there? Um, They're they... just kind of like looming outside of the outside of the town, and I believe it's like Arnold. He's just kind of like bored, bored watching like TV with them, and he's just like, "Where are all the girls?" And decides to like leave the Winnebago in the group. Yeah, they have this uh, weird theory that there's a bunch of hot, liberated girls in this town for some reason. I think they could just kind of all agree that that fact is true, and they just kind of like operate with that understanding from then on. But so yeah, funny. Arnold, they're watching some weird Italian caveman movie where like a monkey touches a magic egg and like fire shoots out of its butt and it flies away, uh, <laughs> which is just a weird tidbit uh, that they're watching that. Um, but he goes he he goes out for a smoke, and then sees like a lady running through the woods like screaming uh so he starts running after her and i love just like discontinuity like he starts like you know 100 meters behind her and then it cuts in the next scene he's right behind her and to make her stop because she seems obviously distressed he tackles her from behind and knocks her to the ground (laughs) um but she's like oh are you one of them it's like what like the monsters i'm running from the monsters um and so, like, the goblins suddenly appear. And this happens, like, way earlier in the film than I remembered. 
<laughs> but then he assumes that they're little people or dwarves and tries to tell them to go away and stop chasing this poor woman. And by the way, they're they they look like monsters and they're holding spears. Yep. And he goes he's like, "Don't worry, lady. I got this." And he goes to like you better leave or you'll be sorry. So they launch a spear. <laughs> They're like 10 feet apart, yep. but they throw the spear and then it cuts to like uh, uh, like just other uh, footage of the spear like flying like through the air and then like hits him in the shoulder. Mm-hmm. And I think there's like three locations. Each cut, there's a location change. <laughs> like So when oh, yeah. it gets back to Arnold, they're no longer in the same forest <laughs> when he's impaled. Um, and there's and about the, like um, what seven different like goblin masks probably. Yeah, yeah, they have there's, very limited. Yeah, there's goblin. there's a couple of them. I, I would say like fifteen maybe, but there's two of them that are so fucking gross um, that like are just super frightening. That don't have they just have black eyes, and um, yeah, I'm not not a fan of them it, at all. Yeah, but there's that that one that has like yellow eyes. Yeah, and it's yeah. like head is like too like <clears throat> elongated. Because uh, they, oh, they yeah, have sorry. one mask they, that's like the 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 good like goblin mask yeah. which they use for like the movie poster, and then like I guess they <laughs> they're running short, so they like made this like paper mache whatever. It just looks so like every time it's on screen, it's immediately distracting. Yeah, most <laughs> it looks so, so derpy. Yeah, I was wrong. Most of them don't have eyes, and then there's one that does, and it's fucking insane. <laughs> um, and it just looks like a terrifying old woman. Um, and it's like, oh god, it's so weird. So, w- real quick, fun fact: uh, the one good-looking, um, I-, I use that look uh, <laughs> lightly, or like you know, in quotes. But yeah. uh, the one decent-looking um, troll uh, or goblin, as it were, mm-hmm. was used <laughs> in Troll Three and the other Troll Three. Or no, there's there's two verse, there's two Troll Threes, but one of them has a goblin, the other one doesn't. But yeah, oh, fun Jesus. Fact. So that was the only yeah. one that survived for the next movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so then, uh, I, I guess uh, the the two run uh, the 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 random lady in the forest and Arnold run to a satanic church uh, that that happens to be nearby, uh, and it's like uh, it's it's the um, home of Credence Leonor Gilgood. Uh, she says her I full name they... every time she introduces herself. <laughs> I am Credence Leonor <laughs> Kilgood. And fun fact, uh, she designed her own costume. Oh. Uh, everything she's wearing, she brought from home. <laughs> and <laughs> I guess because like, the costume they gave, they provided her with was just kind of shitty. And, and uh, But thank God she brought brought her own stuff because she looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um She's, like, kind of going for, like, an Elvira vibe a little bit. She looks like Elvira like, mixed with Miss Frizzle. Yeah. Um, yeah. She, um, and she also has braces. Yes. Is a nice touch. <laughs> is that braces? I thought that it was supposed to be just, like, janky, gross teeth. Um, I know at one point she has, like, weird, funky lips, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure she has braces. Oh, oh that's, okay, that's weird. Um, but yeah, so she's the goblin queen, um, and she herself is a goblin, but she spends most of her time in human form, uh, 
which like she's like I, I have this, this the goblins are weird because they spend most of their time uh, as humans and I understand because it's like they don't want like you know it's hard to wear a costume but it, it's just a weird thing that they're even when they're alone they're still in human form. <laughs> when yeah. they're just by themselves they're still in human form mm. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, and uh, so she like I think it said, oh, like, we need to go to a hospital. And then Credence says, oh, well, I have this potion here. And they and they, they both eat it. And it's, of course, it's like the goblin paste. And the, the lady disintegrates in a pile of goop. She's screaming for way too long. And you, and it's, she's, like, kind of getting tired, you can tell. She's like, ah, yeah. ah, ah, ah. <laughs> it's, like, kind of slowing down <laughs> near the end. And then uh, Arnold's, like, as is... I'm not going to try to do it because only he does it justice. You know, the the famous, they're eating her, and then they're going to yeah. eat me. Oh, my God. Um, oh, my God. But, uh, and then a fly lands on his face. Yeah, there's a fly <laughs> walking around on his forehead in that scene. And it does not um, leave, and he does not flinch, and it is beautiful. Uh, and then, oh, Credence, yeah, when, when Arnold's, uh, like, griping about his newfound friend turning into a plant. Uh, just the way that um, Credence, like, uh, her her accent goes in and out. Oh, yeah. But she says, she tells him, drink your broth. I just, I, I just, <laughs> she, I just liked her delivery on that line. Um, and then she says, the, the girl is now one with the vegetable world. <laughs> oh, God. Um, this is a yeah. food movie. This is a food movie. Uh, so, <laughs> So then it cuts back to the, the homestead uh, where the Waits family are staying. Um, uh, the sister is wearing a beautiful Garfield Aries <laughs> t-shirt. It has Garfield and it says Aries on it. Yep. That's Jackson's uh, favorite and, orange um, cat. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and then suddenly Grandpa Seth appears to her in the mirror. So we, it's established that other people can also see the ghost. Um, but he's been choosing only to haunt his grandson. <laughs> it was a conscious choice only to terrorize his grandson. Um, well, I guess not terrorize, but uh, he's like, she, it, it spooks her. And, he, he, you know, but he's like, Joshua. And she's like, ah. She runs and tells the family. Did you, I mention, saw that she's, and, did you mention that she was dancing? Oh, no. my Oh, my fuck. Well, okay. how, did, how did I, <laughs> how did Just, I forget? <laughs> um, so she, it, it, it comes back to her and she's obviously, she's dancing in this great Garfield Aries shirt. However, she is doing an 80s ass dance routine to music that is coming from somewhere. Um, and it, it's just totally out of place. And she really does not need to be in this movie at all, really. Um, mm-hmm. Because her own, the only reason she's there is to uh, hate her boyfriend and uh, dance. And it's fucking yeah. strange. <laughs> She's there so that, like, the boyfriend's friends can be in the plot. Yeah. In, in a way. Uh, so, so that there's some at least loose connection between the two storylines going on right now. Yeah. So, so um, I guess you're saying then, that she adds to the body count. That's that's her main point. True. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it turns out Grandpa was trying to contact Josh. But he appeared to the, the sister because, as he later tells Josh, I'm still getting used to the layout of this house. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that, that's, he's like, I thought he was a, like an omnipresent ghost, but apparently, apparently he could still get lost and turned mm-hmm. around. Uh, 
Uh, and then he's talking to Josh. Um, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, by the way, um, Josh does not like the room that he's confined to. It has so many creepy illustrations of goblins on, on the yeah. walls. Uh, it, it, it seems to me like the goblins know that Josh knows about them, but also know that his parents won't believe him. So they're just antagonizing him yes, even more. Exactly. <laughs> they somehow know that he knows. <laughs> so like, mm-hmm. they're like the, the, the goblin disguised as the, the other son from the, the goblin family throws him a baseball uh, or like a softball or like, I don't know, softball. a cantaloupe that has a, yeah. a, threatening, a threatening message written on it. Yeah. So like, he we're knows. We're going to eat you. They know that he, <laughs> yeah, we're going to eat you. They couldn't use a baseball because that'd be way too small. <laughs> Yeah, because they write like a whole long like sentence on it. Like at the end, uh, sorry, I'm jumping ahead, but like yeah. this softball comes into play again, um, which says, <laughs> "Yummy!" Exclamation point. Mom is so good. Period. <laughs> <laughs> All written on the surface of a softball. You know what, I think it could be understood that the goblins, like, English is their second language. They probably have, like, their own goblin language, you know? Yeah. They're, they're like, like the Italians oh, director, they're, they're getting used to the English language. Just, just um, made Quentin choke. Oh, my God. <laughs> I had a, a gallon of water I was chugging, and it made me choke. Uh, but, <laughs> so it's established that, that, the, that the ghost of Grandpa can appear to other people, not just Josh. But then Josh asks him, why are you only talking to me? Like, it's a very, you know, uh, understandable, like, uh, like request that the, the boy mm-hmm. has. And he says, well, y- your mother never listens to me. She never has. That's why she married that good for nothing. <laughs> like, I- I'm sure she'd li- like, you came back from the dead. Like, yeah. she'll probably, like, pay attention to you. <laughs> but the grandpa's is like, oh, she never listens to me. I'm like transcending like the the laws of reality right now. But she's probably mm-hmm. gonna be too stubborn. Um, yeah. So, uh, God. Uh, <laughs> After dancing uh, and uh, she sees the Connie. I, I know the, the I know the actress's name, but not the character's name. Mm-hmm. Um, the the sister sees grandpa. Um, yeah. Um, what the fuck happens? After so that? I think I, I think the family like goes into town, or just like the, the the son, Josh and his dad like go into town for some reason to I think buy groceries. Or, but then the the dad just uh, falls asleep randomly. <laughs> he takes a nap like sitting on a bench on the on the sidewalk. Um, and then this, the best scene in the movie uh, where where it's discovered that. The there's a street sign that says Nilbog on it, uh, and then he, the boy looks at the reflection in a car, like a car mirror, and he's Nilbog is goblin spelled backwards. Uh, ah! Ah! I felt like that time they they should have edited in the, uh, the 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 music from Psycho from the shower scene. Uh, <laughs> Well, there is a shower scene, uh, a horrifying shower scene, but that, again, getting ahead of ourselves. Mm. Um, I will also want to point out before that happens, um, we cut back to the the, the 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 buddies that are staying in the Winnebago, and uh, it's the next day, and I believe the character's name is Drew. Yes. Um, sure. He he's like he wakes up. He's hungry. Uh, there's no food in the Winnebago. He's like, guys, did anyone remember to pack food? 
and we cut to um, the boyfriend Elliot in bed with his with his homeboy um, asleep, uh, spooning mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, yeah, and he's just like take some money out of the out of the fund, and he decides to go run into town. Um, guys, I think this this is probably like my favorite part of the movie where um, yes. Drew goes into mm-hmm. town. He's jogging, and he is then stopped by an officer whose name I uh, took note of because he's one of the best named characters named Gene Freak. <laughs> Sheriff Gene Freak. Uh, Gene, uh, so fun fact, um, Brett Favre is a Gene Freak. Uh, he, of course, uh, advertiser for Wrangler Jeans. Um, and uh. That was a stupid joke. I, God damn it, never mind. <laughs> uh. <laughs> That's so dumb. <laughs> Ten out of ten. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, but yeah, so the cop takes him to the supermarket where we meet the weirdest. He's not even trying to like. He's like disguised as a human, but he's really not trying to fit in. No. Uh, um, oh, Jackson, um, do we so want this, to talk about like the actor. Yeah. So I'll I'll talk about the actor now. The the guy who so he takes him to the general store, and there's this whole wall of milk. Um, and it's special Nilbog milk, and I guess it's vegetarian or something, because this whole town is vegetarian or vegan or something, it's weird, um, but they all kind of, um, uh, he goes in and he meets this crazy man, uh, who is just listed as drugstore owner, and this man's, the actor's name is Don Packard. So Don Packard at the time was at the mental hospital at the University of Utah. And uh, every week he was given three days off to basically do whatever. And his counselor said, if you get this job in the movie, I'll pay you and you can make some money and it'll be cool and you'll get out and you'll do some stuff. And you'll like get out and be doing things. And so apparently they hired a mental patient who was on his days off uh, to play this man. And according to Don Packard, he was high as fuck the entire time he was doing it, and he doesn't really remember much except for it being terrible. Uh, so, yeah, uh, watch watch the documentary if you want the real story of Don Packard, uh, Best Wish Movie. It's really, really amazing. Oh he my delivers... God. So- um, one of the best lines for me in this movie where uh, Drew is asking him like all these different things if they have in the store. He says, like, do you guys have coffee? He's like, that's the devil's drink. Mm-hmm. And then he says, mm-hmm. eggs? And he goes, ugh. Guys, <laughs> that's how I feel. Like, always. <laughs> <laughs> Just that image of Don Packard going, ugh. <laughs> when talking about eggs. Yeah. <laughs> And we also, real quick, because uh, I want to propose a question to you guys. Um, so when Drew gets picked up in the car, the cop gives him this, like, saran-wrapped, like, green, like, uh, like sandwich. Um, yeah. And it just looks like, um, I don't know, like a, a patty. It just looked like a whole avocado that was, like, mushed up and <laughs> in, smashed in between, uh. like, white bread, uh, like, uh, burger buns. So I want to ask you guys, what's your take on avocado toast? Oh, all right. Um, uh, I, 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 I like it. Like, uh, I put some 
some butter on the toast, and then I put a little avocado, and that's then that's it. Is that what you do? Yes. Is that what avocado toast is? That's that's how you should do it. Um, there's a lot of places that don't put butter on the toast, and it's fucking like it's just bad. But I actually I think it's good, especially if you dress it up like a little bit of like chili honey, like hot honey, and Ooh, okay. uh, and avocado is really nice. Um, mm. I don't yeah, mind it. Sounds good. It is the food that like is like stereotypical millennial bullshit because it does <laughs> cost way too much. But it's, I mean, it's good. I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, when I was working at uh, one day at a time, we always had avocados. Um, so I would have like avocado toast with Cholula on it, mm. which is really nice. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. I guess we're, we're ruining the economy, guys. <laughs> Millennials. <laughs> We're not going to Applebee's. We're not buying houses. We can't buy houses because we keep buying avocado toast. Mm-hmm. And we're not mm-hmm. going to Applebee's enough. And they're dollar margaritas mm. that are just water. And we're not <laughs> buying diamonds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God damn it. I, so, I know we're like, this is longer than, I think this will probably be one of our longest episodes. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think we're yeah. about like 50 minutes in almost. Yeah. And I don't think we're halfway through the movie yet, so... Uh, Oh my god, there's so much, there's so much (laughs) Good lord Uh, So, uh, the little boy, like, um, awkwardly rides his skateboard after, you know, he notices Nilbog He decides to run away from his father for some reason I wasn't really clear on that But he goes and he finds, like, the the den of of the goblins We totally missed that, yeah their their weekly I don't know meetings like their AA, mm-hmm. but he goes and like hides in the attic, and he's like watching them talk about doing goblin things. Um, and by the way, they're all they're all in their human form, uh, no reason because they're they think that they're alone. Uh, but <laughs> um, and they all have like uh, four leaf clover um, birthmarks because you know four leaf clovers have historically been associated with. Goblins. Um, <laughs> uh, some would say leprechauns, but what do they know? Uh, and the 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 preacher, who's like the the lead goblin, who's giving the seminar, uh, notices he's in the ceiling and very aggressively grabs his face and shakes his hand around. Um, so then they strap him down and try to force feed him some ice cream that's really just looks like gl- gloopy yogurt. Um, and then the father bursts in, like, what are you doing with my son? And, like, we're just giving him some ice cream. But, like, he comes in, and they were, like, sur- threateningly surrounding him, had, like, holding him against his will, like, put hands on his boy. And they, they like, awkward, the son and the dad awkwardly, like, back out of the room. I felt like almost like Homer and Bart would from, like, a bad situation. <laughs> like, step backwards out of the, out of the building. Um, but uh, th- that, that actually doesn't matter, uh, that the, the townspeople were assaulting the son uh, because everything is forgiven when they show up to their house and throw them a party. Uh, so, like, all the townspeople are, like, at their house when they get back home and like look they brought us like all this wonderful food says the mother um and uh uh at oh sorry at this point like um the the boyfriend has chosen 
the girl to go with the daughter. <laughs> Wait, the, the I think on the way home, yeah, as they're driving home to the to the party, the dad notices like the Winnebago, and and the daughter is is down there too, and uh, he basically gives the boyfriend an ultimatum: pick the us or your friends. Mm-hmm. Which is weird that the father of the daughter <laughs> um, is like giving the boyfriend an ultimatum, and so he he leaves his boys, which is a a big moment for him, and he abandoned his boys to go with his girl friend's family, uh, and they all drive home together. Uh, and then I th- I think at this point like Grandpa Seth appears again to uh, to to Josh and. Uh, Josh gets uh, attacked by, um, he tries to conjure him up by, like, saying his name in the mirror five times, um, but instead a, uh, a goblin, um, sorry, that was a Candyman reference, uh, <laughs> but, uh, goblin jumps out of the mirror trying yeah, to, it's Credence, uh, I think it's Credence, um, yeah, that jumps uh, out Credence of the, in her, but in, in goblin, goblin form, form. yeah, mm-hmm. um, but he is saved because, uh, Grandpa Seth has an axe and cuts off the hand of this, um, this goblin. Yeah, an axe that he does Where not he use get... for the rest of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he and he never had, he, the afterwards. axe never comes back. It'd be good if he left it behind. That'd be great for killing goblins. Um, mm-hmm. And also, I think if you if you notice, like the goblin spears disappear from here on out as well, so they don't have those either. And that'd be great for. Oh, they say that they don't want to mix blood with the flesh, and because it it gets all mucky when they try to turn it into plants, I guess. Um, but. Uh, Grandpa Seth, um, like a responsible grandfather, hands his grandson a Molotov cocktail. He's like, "Here, you take this," and and like he's like, "Hey, like watch out for the fire." It's like, "What fire, Grandpa? This one." And he like hands him like a, a Molotov bomb, and uh, he's like, "Here, and I'll make an extra diversion with this." And he holds up a fire extinguisher. Why don't you give the fire extinguisher to your the non-lethal fire extinguisher to your grandson and you go ahead and handle the exp- explosives? Um, so wait, was the plan but, to create like arson and throw the Molotov cocktail into the house? I think the plan was to like blow up one of the goblin like the the goblins like had a bunch of cars outside. So oh, to like okay. create a diversion so the family doesn't eat the food and the goblins have to leave the house. Mm-hmm. Basically, and then the grandpa was gonna do something with the fire <laughs> fire extinguisher. Um, I think if the grandpa had just shown up to the family and said, "Hey, by the way, we need to get out of here," they would have listened. But again, nobody listens to him. Uh, but the preacher goblin catches them in the act, and he takes the bomb, and then he starts using his own goblin magic. And, guys, this is where my theory comes in, because he starts, like, uh, zapping the grandpa with magic and says, go back to hell. So he's, like, sending the grandfather back to hell. And the, the, the grandson, like, later asks, like, grandpa, were you really in hell? And he's like, no. But what if, what if he was? What if the grandfather actually is from hell? Because think about it. He did not demonically possess that hobo. Uh, they to contact him later in the film. They hold a séance. Like you don't do that for good spirits, right? Uh, he hands his grandson a Molotov cocktail, which could easily harm him. Uh, he's uh, pitting his parents. He's like 
indirectly pitting the parents against the son by not talking, like by basically only appearing to the boy and making the boy think that he's like seeing things. Uh, when we know full well that he could appear to anybody he wants to. Um, so what if the grandpa is is like back from hell just to like torment the family? Because again, he says the daughter never li- like his daughter, the mom never listens to him, and the, he says the father is a good for nothing. Uh, and uh, so I think that the goblins are actually the good guys in this movie. And the humans, like, when you think about it, are evil. See, like, the, the goblins are very environmentally Jesus conscious. Christ. They're vegetarian. They don't kill animals. Uh, you know, they, they don't even partake in coffee. Ugh, the devil's drink. They are Mormons, uh, apparently, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> they are actually are Mormons. Well, I mean, it's, uh, it was filmed in Utah, and most of the cast Utah, is Mormon. So yeah. So they're they're Mormon goblins, but they also worship Stonehenge, which comes in later. <laughs> Stonehenge is in this movie. Oh my fucking um, god! Yeah. Yes, the actor Stonehenge. Uh, yeah. So basically, the goblins are you know doing their part to get rid of the blight of humanity. You know, humans pollute the environment. They're very wasteful. They're very destructive. So if anything, the goblins are actually doing good for planet Earth, and it's really the humans who are the bad guys. Normal people scare me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Call back to Death Note. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that that's my reading of this film, my my argument. Mm. Um, Tim. But but yeah, so the grandpa actually like ends up lighting the preacher goblin on fire and mm. then uh, everybody runs outside and they like put him out with the fire extinguisher <laughs> and then they discover that it's the body of a goblin and like he was one of us and you killed him now we're gonna now do the same no, like, now it's your turn or something <laughs> so, <laughs> says officer freak um, and then I, I love this part where they say like all right now we're gonna kill you and then they let they stand and then they proceed to stand still for like five minutes and let the family awkwardly back up into the house instead of, I don't know, grabbing them. Because uh, they, they had them completely surrounded <laughs> and they let them like tiptoe backwards into the house. Um, and from, from then on, like the goblins are just like supposedly outside, but then suddenly they're inside and they're like, they like enter, they enter the, the screen, they enter frame like from places where like, it's like there should be a, like a wall there because like they're in a hallway, but all of a sudden like goblins are just like popping up. So like, you like the uh, like the characters I guess didn't notice the goblins, just like awkwardly standing off screen until they like hop on. Yeah, that, that was just a little mm-hmm. nitpick I had, but it, it it makes the movie better. Yeah. Oh, and oh. uh then so they uh, get rid of some of the goblins in the house, and then they or they hold a séance t- to contact the spirit again because I think Grandpa Seth is trapped back in hell, uh, and <laughs> so there's like some like Evil Dead camera movements going on here, like you know like the uh, like the handheld cam like zooming in like really close up on faces and stuff, and like going around. There's like candles and shit everywhere. Uh, and then uh, Joshua is suddenly, oh yeah, Josh is like teleported by Grandpa Seth 
to mm-hmm. the demonic uh, Stonehenge church where Credence lives, um, which uh, which is weird because he's replaced by a goblin. Like in his place is a goblin when he when he's teleported. So does that mean Grandpa placed a goblin in the house to attack the family? Again, going back to my theory that he's really trying to terrorize all of them. Uh, <laughs> my theory, um, I guess, on that situation would be this is some sort of, like, ritualistic blood magic, which requires some sort of, like, a sacrifice, you know? If you want something, you got to give something. So yeah. in its place, you know, you got to summon a, a goblin, you know? Yeah. And I think this is a good time to talk about, because, like, right after Credence gets her hand chopped off, that's when... Uh, she calls upon the powers of Stonehenge, uh, to which which leads into the popcorn seduction scene. If you want to take that, Quentin. Yeah, so we've we've do- gone on lengths on this podcast to talk about spaghetti seduction scenes, be it uh, you know Chef or um, uh, Eat Pray Love. Today's special this movie. This is- oh, yes, thank you uh, for reminding me. But, um, yeah, so this, this film features a popcorn seduction scene. So after Credence loses her hand, she conjures the power um, to turn herself into a, I guess, the best way of putting it is, I guess, like the sexy version of uh, herself. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. she goes then which, uh, which, um, into the woods. Mm, yeah. Goblins can shapeshift mm-hmm. into anything, right? Or, or <laughs> so what? <laughs> or, or do they, 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 they each have, like, their own... Yeah, they have an they're avatar. Stuck to only... <laughs> only one avatar that they could change into mm-hmm. or I, I guess she needed more more magic to become hot yeah it's stonehenge magic we should point out mm-hmm. that um to become hot it is the classic 80s uh turn turn a lady hot which is take her hair down and take her glasses off um and put, <laughs> yeah. her, in a, and put her in a cute dress and that's it mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. yeah so she then approaches the remaining uh, friend who's hanging out in the um, Winnebago by himself. He's watching TV when all of a sudden the channel changes and we hear uh, some of like the worst music of the movie. Um, and this woman walking out in the forest holding a cord on the cob and puts it up near her mouth and goes like, oh, do you like it? Whoa, what show is this? I'm not a program. Come outside and see. God, I don't know. How, I, I think these are the exact lines. So, um, God. That's, that's pretty dead on, I would say. <laughs> so he goes out and finds that she is real. And uh, he, he invites her in. And um, they begin. Oh, I just want to notice she tucks yeah. the corn cob into her belt as she enters the Winnebago. <laughs> right. The corn <laughs> she, does not she, leave. Sheaths the corn. <laughs> <laughs> so she um, then has him lay down on the bed. She then um, says, like, don't you like it? And he says, uh, I actually kind of like popcorn. And she says, oh, no problem. We'll just have to heat it up. And they began <laughs> making out by eating both the corn on the cob in between each other as popcorn just explodes All around sh- them. Shitty lady of the tramp. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I gotta say, like, you know, popcorn, it's obviously gotta be a metaphor for, you know, what's what's happening down there, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, guys? <laughs> Stuff's <laughs> popping off. Yeah. So so her power is to also, like, materialize popcorn. That That's, like, in the scope of her magic abilities. Mm-hmm. And from what I understand, she doesn't kill him? Or does no. kill He's not dead, right? 
No, like I don't he's think just so. like covered in a mountain of popcorn. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so her thought process is, I just got my hand chopped off. Okay, I use magic to fix it. I need to go get some dick. It's, it's been a long day. <laughs> Basically, because like it doesn't have any other outcome than than that than that. I, I think he's and he's like no more pop no more popcorn. <laughs> And he's just he's he's worn out, oh. uh, and then I, and then then she just goes back to Stonehenge Church. I think after that, uh, yeah. Oh, oh we should also mention that Arnold Arnold has been turning into a tree this whole time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and um, fun fact: uh, the Arnold was complaining the entire time because apparently at some points he was standing there for fourteen hours in full makeup. Um. And so, uh, he so he was standing there for fourteen hours in full makeup. So he was complaining, and they had that mouthpiece for him, um, and they put it in much sooner than they uh, than they intended to because the director was sick of him complaining. Uh, oh my goodness! Fun fact. So, also to add on that um, from the Mental Floss article, uh, they uh, s- nailed his shoes. To the, yep. the base of the of the flower pot that he was standing in. So, by the way, these are his shoes that he owns, not not the productions. So they put nails through it, so he couldn't move his feet even if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and stuck there for fourteen hours. Oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. Another wardrobe thing that happened was uh, Drew. He had like a yellow T-shirt with a logo, and he lost the shirt. And uh, he then goes to like the AD and was like, "Oh, I don't have the shirt anymore." And he's like, "Oh, that's fine. Just go buy another yellow shirt." And oh yeah, yeah <laughs> he was I didn't very confused because you know that's usually the job of like the you know somebody on the on the set would or wardrobe would get him the shirt, but nope, he had to buy yep. a yellow shirt for himself. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Um. <laughs> so I think at this point, like the uh, Joshua, yeah, he's been teleported into the church, and again, he's like the grandpa and him are. Uh, putting their hands on Stonehenge to channel their demonic powers into it to destroy it. Yeah. I guess that's the source of the goblin's power. Mm-hmm. Is a is stone from Stonehenge <laughs> that they transported I, to Utah from England to, to Utah. Y- yeah, like <laughs> the goblin, like goblins are they're English? Okay, uh, I, I don't know. It could be. A- <laughs> It could be another weird Mormon thing because um, there was the whole like uh, was it Brigham Young or John uh, mm-hmm. Joseph Smith that found tablets from Jesus in Utah? So mm-hmm. holy moly, could holy be <laughs> another one of those things. Um, Whoa! <laughs> All our um, Mormon listeners, write in. Yeah, please. Yeah. Do. <laughs> Please write email us. Mm-hmm. Um, my personal email is. Uh, <laughs> oh, you just text me; it's quicker. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Grandpa has to leave again. This Grandpa, like, it's unclear like what tethers him to the world, and he's like, I only have thirty more seconds to stay here, and like, what are these like arbitrary like time limits he has? <laughs> He has like a he has like a date to to, to you know like I have I have something at six I have to get out of here Josh, um, but I'm the grandpa disappears. <laughs> <laughs> <Hell>. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> yeah, the grandpa disappears, and then uh, Credence like grabs Josh by the throat, and they're uh, all the goblins are are cornering him, and then uh, he he like oh like they're trying to force feed him some more goop, but then he pulls out of his pocket a double decker bologna sandwich, as he says in, the, in that tone of voice. Um, which he then proceeds to eat because I, I guess that's like tainting himself so that the goblins won't find him appetizing anymore because uh, he eats more meat. But spoiler alert, he's made out of meat. He's a human. I, I don't. Know, but anyway, I was like, how much? Like how much actual like real meat is bologna? Like I I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's like at least forty percent like Filler. plastic and like cow toenails or <laughs> um, something uh but but apparently that that works and the goblins go yeah <laughs> they're they're grossed out <laughs> by him and then the rest of the family comes and like we were guided here by grandpa's voice which was not shown on screen i'm like nope. no you're not <laughs> bullshit <laughs> uh here's where tim <laughs> uh, I, I said that aloud at the screen when I watched it. <laughs> um, but they all put their hands on Stonehenge, and that works and kills all the goblins, I guess. Um, and then they decide to go home. It's been a long week, weekend. Um, so, you know, what you do when you're all traumatized and stuff, you immediately separate. Everybody splits up. <laughs> Like the all right, so they've been killed, almost killed by supernatural creatures. So the father's first instinct once he gets back is, uh, I got to go handle something at the office. (laughs) I I don't know what that was about. Maybe he has a mistress, and he's just like, God, I can't deal with all this stress. What if? What if? And then if uh, Ellie or uh, Joshua Joshua. and his family was yeah, what what if they were the second family? Oh that's, what, that's why they they had to get out of town. That's why the the father was like the one like we have to like go to the countryside because his real family was like catching on, and he had to hide his fake family for a few days at the countryside. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, like what if he's like his second... family's like in the south? This would explain the accent. Like what if he's actually from the south, but he's always trying to like pass off as like oh no, I'm also from Utah, uh, you know? But. Uh... Mm-hmm. <laughs> So it's established, okay, the good-for-nothing father, he does have an, a second family. Um, so that, so then it's just mom and uh, Josh at the house. Ooh, excuse me. And So they gave their, ad- at the beginning of the movie, they gave their address to the goblins. So if there are any goblins still alive, they know exactly where they live. Yep. And spoiler alert, mm-hmm. they know exactly where they live. <laughs> uh, so See, uh, I always thought it not- was the... It was the family that like lived uh, in exchange with um, Joshua and all of them, mm-hmm. um, who were the remaining goblins that like left town, so they weren't killed when uh, Stonehenge blew them all up. No, but they they come back because the father like when they're trying to force feed the son ice cream, he's like, "Mr. and Mrs. Pleasant, I thought you left." Uh, and then they say, uh, "We had car trouble. We're gonna leave tonight." Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So they came back too. <laughs> mm, okay. Uh, but then, um, so she pulls out uh, a, a container of apples from the refrigerator and says, Josh, have some apples. They're really good. Uh, and he's like, I'm not very hungry. And then so she's like, OK, Josh, I'm going to go take a shower. And then, like, he's in his room and then he's like calling for Grandpa Seth. He's like, Grandpa Seth. 
and then it shows like the reverse shot of him looking to the mirror and like behind him is like like in the middle of the frame is Batman like there's a Batman poster behind him so uh, I don't know I just thought that was a, a weird like never mind uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> cut that out Donnie um, and uh, but then he starts like all like a la Harry Potter starts like hearing like horrible whispering like parcel mouth almost uh, like coming and, he's like, and then he's like getting scared and he's like starts to go check on his mom he like goes to the shower and there's all this green goop everywhere he's like oh no mom mom and he's like <laughs> I like how he stops at like the banister and like looks looks through the rather than running downstairs he like stops at the top of the stairs and calls for his mother mom and he like stops at the bottom of the stairs mom it's like you can tell the directors just like stop here here and here and shout mom <laughs> um, <laughs> but then from like once he gets down the stairs like Quentin said earlier uh, a, a softball rolls down and has another <laughs> threatening message written on it <laughs> like your mom is yummy or whatever so then he makes his way into the kitchen and again about like the gratuitous things like weirdly gratuitous things in the movie like pissing on his family yep uh there's like a a uh, dismembered torso uh of of the mother where, where her boobs are prominently prominently displayed um and uh she's <laughs> decapitated it's, uh-huh. it's like overly it's like way overboard because in the other scenes uh they just turn into a pile of mush mm-hmm. uh but this time it, it's her like dismembered body covered yeah. in green goop and and <laughs> and the goblins are feasting on her and uh i like the second time watching it i was like is that just like a uh, like a mannequin or, or is that like a, a department store mannequin just covered in like green food coloring uh, I couldn't quite tell but <laughs> but I, I think they're trying to be really really shocking for the final scene of the movie um, and then the goblin says uh, to like what does he say like wanna bite or something I don't know and then it and then it ends and, uh, that, and that's the end of the movie <laughs> Uh, God, what a God. journey, guys! That was that was a journey. It was, <laughs> you know, oh my God! But yeah, um, I I would just off the bat, I would recommend this to anybody. Yeah, to watch absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I guess then shall we segue into our ratings? Yeah, Quinn, do you want to talk about the uh, the docs real quick first, or do you want to skip that? Uh, sure, we can talk about it. What, what part were you thinking of? Um, I just I just wanted to go over it and just kind of talk about how sad it is. Um, oh yeah, and uh, <laughs> but um, yeah. So the documentary is um, uh, it's called the best worst movie. It's from two thousand nine. It's directed by the kid who played Joshua, and basically twenty. It's it's a celebration of essentially twenty years uh, later, and it follows. Most of the time, it follows George Hardy, the guy who plays the dad, who um, is a practicing dentist in Alexander City, Alabama. Um, he has a he's a very successful dentist, and he's he's done a ton of stuff post this movie. But he still is kind of wants to start acting, and it's really really uh, the whole movie. <sighs> It's, it is really depressing because it's really fun and you can see the fandom around it and it's really great. However, the lives of the people 
associated with the movie are not fun necessarily um because you have the director who is insistent that the movie is good and people don't understand it and are laughing at the wrong points um (laughs) and he uh, so they have this it the whole like why so ask exactly uh, the whole movie uh, culminates in a showing in Morgan City, Utah, where the movie was filmed. Um, and so they have this big kind of convention and movie showing, and the whole cast is there, and it's this whole big deal. But for some reason, they also invite the director, who they knew was going to be a dick and an asshole and like wasn't going to get along with anyone. And they're all talking about how shitty it was. And he's at the panel in the audience going, wrong, you're wrong, you don't remember. And it's like, oh, God, it's so fucking sad. Um, and then the guy that played uh, <laughs> Grandpa Seth. Um, oh, that was the worst. Oh. He was talking about how he wasted his life and oh, how he, he doesn't have any kids or a wife or any grandkids or anything. And he's just like, he's just sad. And like, oh, my he goodness. Says, he says this line that like really like has been haunting me. He says, I've whittled away my life, but what is there to do in life but just whittle it away? It's, oh, my God. It is rough. <laughs> yeah. It is really rough. And I think the other one that was, like, mm. um, really rough for me was the, the woman who played the mom. Yeah, Margot Prey. Uh, she, was, she was describing how um, she felt that their movie was just, like, so much better than all these other movies. And she goes on to, like, compare it to a Humphrey Bogart, um, like, film. Like, she says, like, our movie yeah. is like a, uh, a Humphrey Bogart film. Or, I forget the other actor that, mm. he, that she mentions, but... Uh, I don't remember either. Like, she's just very delusional about the, the whole process, or the movie in yeah. itself. Yeah, and, and she, just, she was convinced that she was very good in the movie, and, like, she's an actress trying to, like quote-unquote trying to still get work but she's like actively avoiding people in the mountains um and like she is of course taking care of her uh her mother who can't uh who can't use one of her legs but uh at one point so they recreate scenes with some of with some of the um actors and they recreate the car scene with the mom and uh, and the dad and in the background, you can see uh, uh, Margot Prey, the, the actress who played the mom, you can see her mom in the background. And she just has her head, head in her hands, and she's just so uncomfortable and sad. And it's <laughs> like, uh, there's a lot of that in this movie, where it's like a lot of people who are either trying, realizing that this movie is really fun and are like embracing it like George Hardy, or not realizing that it wasn't as good as you thought it was but also there's a lot of people like George Hardy who are embracing it almost too much and are don't realize that they aren't that great and they shouldn't necessarily continue to like play it up and it's uh I I totally recommend the documentary as well but it is it is a trip it is it is a real trip (laughs) At the time of recording this. It's a this. romp. Yeah. It's a romp. <laughs> At the time that we're recording right. this, uh, there's a copy of the film available with Spanish subtitles that, you know, gets the job done. So yeah. I'd recommend that. Yeah. Although um, also, the yeah. the Italian director, all of his stuff that he's saying in Italian 
has Spanish subtitles instead of English subtitles. So it is kind of hard to understand. So. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Should yeah. we get into ratings? So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's do it. All right. Um, so we'll, we'll say that there's a God tier mm-hmm. in, in our rating system. And we've only ever given one movie a uh, God tier rating. And that's, uh, I, I want to speak to the chef. And uh, what, what was that movie, Jackson? Uh, that movie was Chef. Yes, it was. <laughs> uh, and then uh, one, one down below that is I'll Have What She's Having. And that's like a you know really good movie. Uh, you'd recommend it. You'd watch it. Um, b- below that is three Yelp stars, and you know it's good, good, not great. Uh, um, and then below that is uh, <laughs> what is below that, guys? <laughs> three Yelp stars, and then it's uh, I'll take it take to it go. go. I'll take it to go. I'll take it to go. Um, you you know might rent it, catch it on catch it on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, below that is. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, please. please. And, <laughs> and that should be avoided like the plague. Um, and then below that, we can, we do have like a shit tier. Um, and we've only ever given that to one movie. And what movie was that, Quentin? I believe that was Waiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dine and Dash. So I... I uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, the the rating is is Dine and Dash, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so yeah, for this movie again, it is like a best worst movie ever. So I I would say uh, the rating is kind of weird. I, I I would just rate it. As, I mean, it's it's obviously a horrible movie, but I would just say go out and go out and see it. So maybe mm-hmm. like uh, I'll have what she's having. Like watch it with your friends. Yeah. I, I wholeheartedly agree. It is so fun to watch with friends, with a large group of people. It's hilarious. It's fun. Um, it might be a little different now after seeing the documentary, but mm-hmm. um, I think I think it is a ton of fun, and you should try to see it if you haven't. So, yeah. Uh, I'll have what she's having. Uh, for me, initially, I was I was kind of feeling a little burnt out on the movie. Um, cause this was like, what, my fifth or sixth time watching the film. Mm-hmm. But, um, through the course of talking about this, um, movie with you guys, I, I've looked at it a little more favorably and I think it's because like I watched it by myself, you know, it's not the same as when you watch it with friends, which is the way it's intended to be. Um, so yeah, it, it, I'll agree. I think it is a, uh, definitely I'll have what she's having, but it's necessary to watch it with friends. Yay. Like the the, the friends clap. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, um, all right, so we we end each episode by clinking our glasses and saying provecho, which is like means to your health. Um, okay, get, get thanks for the meal. <laughs> I I have a plastic cup. Okay, <laughs> ready. All right, one, two, three, clink. Provecho. Provecho. Movies will return. We'd like to thank Sweaty Hands for the intro. Uh, find him on SoundCloud at Sweaty Hands. Also, Johnny Chang for introducing us to Sweaty Hands. 
and sharing his own music. Find him on SoundCloud at Johnny Chang. That's J-O-N-N-Y.